I, I do wonder what kind of trouble we can get ourselves in today, in today's episode. It's Tuesday, November 1st. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle. It's episode 275. And with myself and Russ on the show today, we have Darren Zook. Good morning, Darren. good afternoon, good evening. Good to see you guys virtually. You guys had a great weekend? Yeah. I did have a good weekend. Yeah. Did you have a good Monday? Got candy. So, yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's always a little well, chaotic gonna... for uh, Halloween. Okay. Did, did either of y'all dress up? No. Okay. Um, I did buy stuff. <clears throat> and uh, it turns out that the extra large um, jacket that I got was really more like an extra medium, maybe schmedium, mm. and just, just did not fit. But it was a, I was going to be Maverick. And but not like flight suit Maverick. I was gonna be like leather jacket, you know, Top Gun hat, the Ray Bans Maverick yeah, sort yeah. of thing. But uh, yeah, I got this sweet jacket and it didn't fit. So in uh, last second, um, <laughs> what was funny was how many comments I got on. Man, where'd you? Where did you find this stuff? I was like, yeah, I just pulled this out of my closet. Um, was <laughs> I was I was a professional gamer. I pulled out a custom jersey <laughs> that has my name on it, Optic Gaming with an Optic hat and all this stuff. And I got so many comments on it. And I was like, yeah, that was a literally 15 minutes ago uh, decision that I made to, to nice. pull that out. It worked out well. And people knew what I was, man. Like adults. I'm talking like call it average age 40. was like, Gaming oh, are you, are you a pro gamer? And I was like, I am a pro gamer. It was, uh, is huge. It made me have one house one house we walked by last night they legit had a coffin in the front yard i was like wow that's going above and beyond that is going above and beyond <sighs> okay uh november 1st you guessed the year today in tech history the very first transistor radio goes on sale the industrial development engineering associates company and if you followed that idea begins selling the Regency TR1, the world's first commercial transistor radio. What do you think? 1886. <clears throat> Next question. <laughs> I, I I feel like it was obviously later than that. I say obviously, maybe it's not obvious. Yeah. <laughs> think about transistors. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say 1920s. I'm going to go like uh, 1924. Okay, well, you guys are both way off. 1954, the TR1 sold over 100,000 units, wow. ushering in the commercial transistor industry. So, yeah. Wow, <laughs> nice <laughs> guesses, Zook. <laughs> I was off by a little bit. All right, let me, not as let me far give you something. You <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me give you something more in your court here, Russ. The very first NBA game was also played on November 1st. Can you tell me the year? Oh wow! Um, I, I don't I don't know the year, uh, but I'm I'm going to go with 1943. Ooh, Zook, you got a guess on that one? No, I don't know. I don't know basketball. Um, mm. I'll just take a stab. Let's go 62. 1946. Oh, I was close. Okay, that's enough of uh, tech history stuff. Um, what are y'all looking at? What do you see in the news? There's a whole bunch of junk around Elon and and uh, Twitter. Do y'all want to talk I about? I was going to say you start there. Nothing happened. Nothing happened last week. <laughs> Nothing at all. Dude, I, I mean, don't even know where Twitter, to begin on that. Should Twitter we just said end the, the world show was then? burning down. So, <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, oh, let's man. start. Where do we start? Well, uh, so the current headline is that Musk says the current blue check system is BS, Twitter blue to cost $8 a month with half as many ads, priority in replies, mentions in search, and more. Mind you, this is just a day after, I, I believe it was yesterday, or maybe it was this morning, news moves fast and things change quickly, but uh, he eventually, or he originally said $20 a month and then got a bunch of you know, got a bunch of flack for that, reduced it to $8 a month. 
So yeah, I don't know. What do y'all think about that? Around five dollars per month. But I'll tell you, I I did go through the uh, verification process. One of the requirements or one of the ways to get verified is to be uh, an executive for your organization and to be like publicly referenced as such. Both of which I, I qualify for, and I did send. I did send that information into Twitter and I was denied within like 45 seconds. Mm. Um, so I do think that that's odd from a verification perspective. But the thing about the verification that is important to me is, is I believe one of the main issues with the internet in general, and it's, it's, it's sort of a, it's a feature and a bug is there's a lot of power <clears throat> in being anonymous, but it also, allows a lot of really, really bad behavior. And when I come from, when I think of social media in particular, um, I just think that not necessarily does all anonymity need to go away, but I do think that there needs to be kind of this segregation of like two internets, like a place where you can just be anonymous and, you know, wreak havoc or whatever it is that you want to use the internet for and by all means go ahead and i think that there's the other side which is reserved for actual conversation where i do believe not being anonymous really helps with this and so if you have a way to sort of make twitter be a little bit more visible and and i i don't know if it's musk or maybe his you know whatever it is paypal crew paypal you know whatever it is illuminati or whatever they called themselves that talk about some things that they they think need to be improved and one of them is sort of removing the anonymous aspects of social media i think blue, this blue check mark approach helps with that i think that that improves it but then also this idea that hey you don't need to have verification you can be anonymous but if you go have a entity of some kind governing body company individual whatever it is promote a tweet from someone who is anonymous start showing the people who promoted it like put some transparency behind it and that way it will really help it won't defeat but it will help remove a lot of the problems that you know elon might talk about with bots maybe not necessarily misinformation but certainly give people a little bit more data to be able to discern whether or not something might be viable information or something that's valuable enough to to actually take serious and listen to based on the individual or who's behind uh, a promotion of something and so that's the thing that i think is really powerful here the $20 versus the $8 is whatever i think 8 still a little expensive i you know i thought it was going to be like 5 i think twitter blue right now which i pay for is two or three bucks a month. I kind of thought it would just double the price um, for for verification, yeah. but I'm I'm sure they have you know. There's reasons why they chose eight yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's three dollars like, a I'll month. Do yeah, and yeah. they're they're that's, apparently that's initial thought. Yeah, they're removing the the ad free experience of um, news articles that would get published in there as well. So well, so the the ad free experience of news articles. So one thing that Twitter Blue is cool about. Um, is that you can get basically so there's you know paywall content obviously all over the internet and mm -hmm. i'll tell you as someone who pays for a lot of it like you can never pay for enough of it like there's always more to pay for and it does get right. daunting one thing that twitter blue gives you is access to like paid articles um to, yeah. to various publications and i'm sure they pay them you know whatever on the back end uh, but that's always been interesting to me. Now, are you saying that that's going away or just the ad-free variant of that? There Apparently away? the ad-free variant of it. And then as part of the, the thread that Zook shared in the TBP chat this morning, he does mention though that there will be paywall bypass for publishers, quote, willing to work with him, whatever that means. And, and okay. like Twitter has been yeah. notoriously uh, low in, in income, you know, revenue stream options. The interesting thing that he published right after that in this thread, he says, this will also give Twitter a revenue stream to reward content creators. So I guess taking a page out of YouTube's playbook of, of, uh, of, of rewarding content creators somehow. So is that, be seen uh, Oh, you're talking about like, just if you're putting content on YouTube, you watch yeah. it and they, instead of giving you them can the monetize, or whatever it yeah. is, well, you monetize your yeah. channel and then Google pays mm -hmm. you. Right. right. So he's thinking so about doing something to like see that how, through. 
through Twitter. Right. If you're a content creator on Twitter and you monetize your site or whatever, monetize your page or your tweets or whatever, how, whatever that experience looks like, then Twitter could pay you from all of the Twitter blue subscriber revenue, right? That, well, that's, I guess my, my question yeah. in all of this is what's to stop, you know, the the bot farms you know the you know all of the uh the click bots and otherwise that are out there today and and certainly i mean we know this is a problem that twitter has but what's what's to stop them from you know paying this for their own accounts and and essentially sure. promoting their own stuff as well oh. and i think that almost could create a bigger issue to some degree because now you have you know what are quote unquote verified accounts that you know are out there obviously making the the you know increasing the billion dollar industry that it already is um and you know continuing to unravel the 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 mess that that twitter already has on its hands i i, I guess I, I don't know I, I see i see both sides of this I, I i like the idea of not making obviously the the twitter verified check mark an exclusive club anymore because i think to your point russ like it's way too hard to get verified like if you can prove who you are then you should be able to get verified. Uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing that I look at that blue well, check mark for. Is I say that that should be an easy way. It should be an easy way to tell whether or not somebody, you know, an account is is legitimate <clears throat> or not. And the reality of it yeah. is, is that you know you can't do that if you're just a, a standard contributing individual who yeah. tweets on a you know semi regular basis or otherwise. Um, and, and I think that's that's part of the challenge, really, at the end of the day is, you know, if if you're going to make this a, a paid service and make it part of the Twitter blue program, um, you know, it, it's not. Is it really accomplishing what it's set out to accomplish? And I guess that's really the question that I have there. Well, you asked well, about the I think, farm piece, right? It wouldn't be worth it. Somebody that's got a thousand Twitter accounts to pay eight dollars a month to verify all of them. Well, right. well can, or, can we can we talk about the process for a moment? I mean, you have to verify being a human. Like you need sure. you need a government well, they, issue ID front yeah. and back. Like they and not not to say that they can't get around that, but there are I mean, look, there's there's still I will tell you right now that there are problems for we we talked about this in TBP. Something as simple as a phone number, which is way easier to to just sort sure. of get and fake than like a government issued ideas is, is actually problematic at times for people who are trying to spoof accounts for Activision for Call of Duty, which we talked about that in the chat. Some people don't want to do that. It's all good, whatever. But like it while it doesn't solve the problem, it does help mitigate it to for, you know, in, in many respects. And so that's the that's the thing there is that they, they are the, the process, at least assuming it doesn't change. I have no idea what it'll look like in the future. Like if this is just like pay $8, get a blue check mark, it won't. It will actually make the problem worse. But I'm assuming they will continue the actual. I mean, this isn't the blue check mark service, right? This is Twitter verification and the intent. And it even says it. There are warnings. It's like your public information will be there, your name. You cannot get rid of it. Like it says that whenever you sign up for it. So, well, uh, there's a bunch of people complaining that it's going to backfire spectacularly and all these issues. If you look at what Elon's trying to do, though, he's trying to create um, additional revenue streams and options and opportunities to grow Twitter. So sure. do you guys think that there'll be a hefty amount of people willing to pay the $8 a month? I would bet so. Maybe. Well, let me ask you yeah, a question. So. As someone who doesn't have C value in, we talked about YouTube and some of the similarities between monetization there. You don't find value in YouTube premium. Do you find, will you be doing the verification for Twitter? Sure. Probably. I don't know. So probably. I, well, I mean, I think as, as someone who doesn't but find value in a similar monetization method, right? Um, yeah, maybe there's value in this for the, the, sure. the issue is, is the number of people, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's only 300 yeah. like million people total in the world or 300,000 in the U S the, I mean, it's a small, Twitter's small, you know, compared to all these other, um, social media platforms. Right. There's about a hundred active users per day. I think it's <laughs> 200, but yeah, you're right. That's, they're up to 200 now. <laughs> I think they're 200. Yeah. Um, so, well, there's a man, it's all, it, I, I wish there was like some AI. This is kind of going down a different different vector here, but 
I wish there was some AI around. So there's a there's a handle at Apollo Zach Z A C no K at the end, and he was a verified. I don't know who Apollo Zach is. He had a verified sure. handle. He changed his name when all this news broke. He changed his name to Elon Musk. Changed his profile photo to the same. Changed his Twitter banner to be the same. Deleted every tweet he's ever had, and then just tweeted out. Today at 1.23 p.m., be anyone you want to be, blue for $8 a month. And it is going absolutely bonkers viral. And you can see, you can watch his follower count just like skyrocket. It look unless you like focus your eyes on the on the handle, it looks exactly like you. I was gonna say, so his handle is verified. (laughs) It's just, I don't know, man. How do you get around all that stuff? Like, how do you do you have some AI that can say, okay, well, they changed their their uh, their name to be like somebody else. They changed their profile well, then he's gonna, or photo. Well, he's gonna have, the, he's, they're just going to have to force it to match your ID. And if your name doesn't match your ID and that ever very, here's something that'd be very easy for AI to do. The moment that your name changes away from what it says on your ID, you're immediately no longer verified and you don't get your money back. You keep paying $8 a month. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be something, man. Cause it's just crazy I mean, spooky stuff. And I know it, like, like okay. this guy's doing it as that a joke. One's a simple fix. But, yeah, I know he is, but that's, yeah. that's an, that's a simple fix. Uh, in my opinion for that here, here's the thing that's interesting about Twitter and Elon and, and all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I'd like to point out that I did say that the Twitter board needed to take this deal the moment it was announced. Cause it was way overpay for, for Twitter. But <clears throat> I will say, if you look, I was thinking about Elon the other day, uh, it just his businesses. He's, you know, been involved in really kind of post PayPal. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm talking Tesla and uh, SpaceX, I guess, primarily when I'm, when I'm talking about these. In each one of these, he kind of started off with a, like an, like an ideal sort of, mm-hmm. he, he had a very idealist approach to what he was doing with, you know, it, one was Tesla's was, you know, saving the earth and things like that. And then the SpaceX is, you know, for further exploration and further scientific research, things along those lines. And and in many respects, he was told like this wasn't going to work. And he but he has set the standard in many respects in both of those areas. As, as much as I might disagree with some of the things Tesla does, like I still think that they feel like go-karts. But he's been incredibly successful and he's done things when people said that he wouldn't. And one thing that I think is fascinating, and I didn't know this, I heard this, I think it was maybe on all in. I don't know if you're familiar with the way like voting shares can work, but you can have like tiered level levels of, of shares in an organization where like some people have super voting rights. So for every 10 common shares, you know, the, whatever the CEO or something, his shares might be worth one, one of his vote might be worth 10 votes from common shares. In sure. all of Elon's public entities that he's done thus far, and the way he even bought Twitter and declared again is he did zero tiers. He does everything as a singular common stock, and he says, if I'm not doing my job well, you can vote me out. And that's not common. And so I think that there's this level of accountability he puts on himself to take something that he finds is idealistic and turn it into something ultimately tangible. Like I think Starlink, which is not the original idea for what they were doing, but ended up being a very viable business will be something that I think long-term grows a lot. And so I just think that, I think it's interesting where his track record is. It's probably not perfect. Like most people's isn't, but I do think that this idealistic, whatever you, what does he call it? The town square, town square thing. Yep. Um, That's his idealistic approach to this. And I think that he's going to find a way to to extrapolate some value out of it. I also think he's going to be dealing with a bunch of problems that he's probably never cared or thought too much about. But I, you know, I think he's someone who who ultimately figure it out. And I'm not saying that he's it's going to be perfect, and that I don't think Twitter's necessarily even going to overtake something like Facebook and user count or whatever it is. But I I still think that there's there's a possibility he can make this thing viable to some degree, and in whatever ten years. Maybe we'll be looking back and be like, ah, oh, maybe it wasn't crazy after all. Yeah, you know, what he did. I think he's the type Dude. of person that can do that. Yeah, I, I think he's also Facebook's the type of person that loves to prove people wrong. 
Like, and yeah. I, I think we've seen, we've seen that multiple times over with Elon. So it's like, you know, I mean, I'm, I was not, you know, I, I it was funny to kind of scroll through my Twitter feed on, on Thursday and Friday, you know, and obviously everybody thought the, the, the world was coming crashing down and, um, you know, that he was just gonna burn the world down with Twitter. But at, at the same time, like, you know, I, I have a hard time just kind of writing it off and, and saying, well, you know, now that, now that he owns it, it's, it's basically a, you know, it's a, it's a dead platform because I, uh, you know, you look at his track record with other things and not to say that he's been successful with everything, but you know, it, you, you have to give the guy some credit. Like he's, he's had a tremendous amount of success. You know, we saw SpaceX, um, you know, launch uh, another one of the uh, Falcon heavy rockets today and successfully land both boosters side by side. Like, you know, that's that wasn't something that anybody ever thought would be possible 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But but look at it today. You know, we've he's successful, yeah. successfully privatized space travel. Um, he's going on quite a run of a handful of years here where he is just constantly in the news for making big moves. That's a fact. You can't deny. Yep. Um, yep. Some other things that popped up over the past couple of days, he asked apparently just hearsay here. Um, apparently he asked all the Twitter engineers to print off all of their code, their recent code, I guess, for his review and then change his what? mind and ask them to shred them all, shred it all. So you uh, have this uh, flurry of code printing, like just printing it out <laughs> and then shredding. Also, he just brought 50 Tesla autopilot engineers over to work on various I, things. Hold on. on Twitter. Hold on. He's I, also, I know okay. that he's smart. But what that? <laughs> I know, what right? Hell? Like, that's insane. <laughs> that's just yeah. an insane notion that you would print off the code and and read yeah. it. I I don't even. What? Yeah. <laughs> I He's also talking about bringing Vine back. He has lost his mind. I yeah. saw that. Yeah, I I mean Vine Vine might be the only way for us to take TikTok. Offline I was gonna say, isn't Vine like the OG something? TikTok? Yeah. Well, I, I, but I do wonder. I do wonder if it's if it's something that has to do with his new plan for Twitter Blue, because one of the things mm. he also highlights as part of the eight dollar a month subscription of Twitter Blue is that it would give people the ability to do long form audio, long form video posting as part of the. We can already do that well. though. We well, can do ten minute videos on Twitter now. Well, maybe longer. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not maybe sure what he, what he was getting at, but it was interesting either way. Wait, so I guess Twitter owned Vine. Yes, they oh, they, they right? had acquired it at one point. Um, yeah. and then and then I think once they integrated a lot of the video capabilities into the platform, they then shut down the kind of independent Vine platform. Gotcha. Yeah. Let's see. Elon Musk never, has engineers uh, reviewing old Vine, Vine code. And working on a reboot of the platform that could be ready by year end. Huh. Hmm. Well, I got an overwhelmingly positive. Uh, there were 4.9 million votes on the Twitter poll where he said, bring back Vine. Yes or no? 70% said yes. How many uh, of those bots? I mean, that's that makes me wonder what the largest poll on Twitter has been. That's a lot of votes. 5 million votes. I mean, that's like, that's how, what, how many times is that than the actual number of Twitter users? That's way more than the number of Twitter users there are in the world. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So Holy it's, cow. It's fairly okay. impressive. So this is Wikipedia. So take it with a grain of salt. So it was um, founded June of 2012. Um, and, and a, Twitter acquired it in October of 2012 before its official release on January 24th, 2013. But here's the crazy part. By December of 2015, Vine had over 200 million active users. Whoa. On October 27th, 2016, Twitter announced that it would disable all uploads, but that viewing and download would continue to work. And on 20, in 2017, I'm sorry, 2019... Hold on. I'm having a hard time reading this. 2017, Twitter launched an internet archive of every Vine video that had ever been published, and then the archive was officially discontinued in 2019. So, yeah, I mean, it, it had it had a fair amount of users. So, I mean, you know, it, for the people that really, really liked Vine, um, I mean, hey, that could contribute to those 5 million votes on, on his poll. <laughs> yeah, and it also has I a mean, positive... Really. Yeah, it has a positive... Um, 
reception feel. I don't know. I don't know the right word there. Nostalgic is is kind of where it sits at right now. But it's not I mean, like if you Twitter. Were, yeah. Twitter has sorry. One Twitter has. 330 MAUs, so monthly active users. 330 right. million. I mean, this is, you know, that 200 million, which clearly happened overnight based on what Zook just said, is pretty wild. And I can't imagine your average Twitter user is necessarily the exact same audience member. I mean, I can tell you this right now. I, I actually never used Vine. Not not to say that that's so incredibly anecdotal, but I'm just pointing out there's probably several, you know, at least a hundred million people who are maybe not even using Twitter or don't care about Twitter that loved Vine that maybe come through this if they had sure. 200 million monthly active users. And just just so we're clear, if there's 200 million monthly active users, that means there's probably close to a billion actual accounts and users out there that that were using this thing. They're still using it every month. You know, and so that that's just an interesting thing to see that Vine was was so big because someone in in another one of my group chats was actually complaining the other day. Well, that's not true. I was the one complaining. Um, they had seen. <laughs> oh wait, it was me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, it was me. Um, it was me. There, there were. I I was just showing them some blocks that I have both on my phone and my home network for uh, various things. TikTok is one of those things that's that's blocked on my devices, and so. They they just point out to like you block TikTok, you're missing out, man. Which of course made me go on a damn rant. You know, I just I struggled to deal with and who said this and handle it. Um, uh, I'll say one Making of our yeah, yeah. traditionally loyal users or followers or listeners of, of various yeah. things over the years, uh, and. I just feel so strongly about it because I've I've just honestly I think I think that it's. Um, AI field correspondent for us. Who help me out? Mm. Who's our AI field Wait, correspondent? AI. Yeah, AI. Uh, do we have an AI? I don't yeah, know we, we do. do. We do. No. Um, we bunks. have a mixed reality. Oh, bunks. bunks. Is yeah. he our AI? So, yeah, I guess that would make sense. I couldn't think of anyone better than him yeah. for so, AI. So bunks, you know, t turned me on to. Uh, both the NSCAI or an SCAI, and I can't, I don't know if I'm getting that right, but basically, we need the government to get him back on, the show, on AI. We do. And then also, <clears throat> I think it's Kai Fu Lee is, the, is maybe the author of kind of the same types of thing, but from the Chinese perspective on, on AI and, and superpower and, and the influences there. And I've since <clears throat> spent a decent amount of time. And when I say decent, I mean probably too much time um, looking into both. AI's influence, long-term viability of it, China's approach to it, our own approach to it. Uh, that's one of the major, I say one of, that is the major reason why I have an issue with TikTok. Um, and, and that is the thing that kind of spurs my, my thoughts around this. And I will tell you this, look, for whatever anyone's political leanings are, I know we have a lot of international you know, listeners here, but it's regardless if you voted for Trump or Biden, these two men actually agreed on TikTok as being a problem. And that is rare for, right. for those two people to do that. And so just, just pointing that out. And I think we even have more TikTok news today. But it was, it was really bunks in the whole AI side of things that really got me kind of tuned in to my dislike of TikTok, even though I don't share the same level of like social media aversion that I think most Maybe not most people, because clearly so many people use it and love it, but definitely a lot of people um, have issues with. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I stand on, on the TikTok side. But the AI piece is really kind of what, what threw me in there. And so I think Vine, taking this back to kind of how we got to this portion of the rant, Vine, if it helps pull people off of TikTok, at least from America, that would be huge. Yeah. I think that yeah. would be phenomenal. I agree. It'd be massive. Yeah. Absolutely. There's an article. I just dropped it in the TBP chat. Uh, we won't get into it right now, but uh, as Washington waivers on TikTok, Beijing exerts control uh, in the, the headline from off of tech meme <clears throat> from the Washington Post. A look at the U.S. government's hand wringing over TikTok and national security concerns as China's government seeks to protect its powerful app and algorithms. So it's definitely, you know, technological 
I don't know if you want to say warfare or propaganda or tinfoil hat it and go mind control. <laughs> well, and just, I mean? like, just to give you two things to just, think about, um, just because I've spent time doing this. Two of the major issues that we run into with social media are data collection and who does it go to? And yeah, the other side of that concerns. is, yeah. uh-huh. and then the other side is how does this content affect the people, typically children, yes. who, who view it? Uh, and so the two things that were very strong leading indicators of problems, let's just forget the moment that they outright refused the notion that we asked to not track American users. They sh straight up were told no. Um, the, I'm surprised they said that. I'm sh I figured the, they would say, yeah, sure, we won't, and then do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, the app that sends the most amount of data to the most amount of places that are third party is TikTok by a landslide, like yeah. 10 times that of Facebook, sure. to give you an example. And so that's a problem, number one. And then the other side is, is there is mounting evidence that the types of things that they're sending are extremely regional based. And people say all the time, yes. oh, well, it's what you click on and whatever else. And that's why how you no. get what you do. No, it, this has been proven already. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, what, factually what China serves. Yeah, what China gets served off of the TikTok platform is vastly different than what the US gets served on average. With the exactly, platform. dramatically. And, and so much so that they do it to try and further a lot of their, their long-term plans. And don't get me wrong, this is smart for them to do. But well, like the issue here is, while our kids are getting things like cat videos and Mimi funny things and, and teenagers, you know, dancing and mimicking each other, which is all well fun. And, you know, the, I know the kids love that stuff. That's what they're listening to. And they're gravitating towards wanting to become influencers as they grow up. Meanwhile, the kids who are on TikTok in China are getting fed science, math, sure. things like that on TikTok, like things that make them gravitate towards STEM and AI and learning. Right. And, and now, look, this is a parent's thing. Like you got to control this as parents. However, if TikTok is going to be this thing, as I, I talked with one of my employees the other day, he's like, well, what do I do whenever my wife and my 13-year-old daughter tell me that her social life will be absolutely ruined if she can't access TikTok with all of her friends? Which... You know, I have my own thoughts about that, but I don't have a 13-year-old daughter. I have a four-year-old daughter, so I don't have to deal with that problem yet. And so there, those are the types of things. That's the nuance behind the curtain that you don't think about whenever you say things like, oh, well, I don't have anything to hide. It's cool. They're sharing my data. Or, oh, you know, it's just videos or whatever. And I, what, what's China even going to do with this? It's not about what they're going to do with the data. It's the entire picture of all the things they're doing that include manipulative behavior and training better AI models when they already have an advantage on user collected data for two reasons. One, they have total control of all data in their country. And two, they have a dramatically more digitized country as a whole because they've sure. they've gone through that process so they're generating more data because of the way the country works and they have complete control over that which gives them already a lead we don't need to feed them more data through tiktok on stuff we do or we like or we're using for them to be able to train models against us which they've already done and are already using against a different generation like 10 to whatever it is 25 year olds that are watching this stuff and trying to become influencers instead of becoming the AI experts to defend against what China is building to use against us. Yeah. That's the and total if you disagree with us, the problem. If you disagree with us, come on the show. Like let's, let's walk through the EULA and defend it. I would love to be educated on why you think it's no big deal, but here's another example of the issues. Uh, blackout challenge, right? Again, kind of tinfoil oh, hatting here, but that's There's awful. been a number of lawsuits levied against TikTok because of these kids on TikTok not even searching for anything like this, and these things just keep popping up, right? And a bunch of kids have died from it. And how much That's do you awful. want to bet that never shows up inside China and somebody's turning up the dial for it to show up more often in a country yep. that has um, just levied a ton of you know chip export controls against them, et cetera? So. Oh, yeah, 100%.
that's, that's going to be the, yeah. the technology war that's going to, you know, there's pros and cons to making that Crazy. decision. I think it was the right decision, but it's, what does it mean? What, what levers do they pull? You're exactly right. So, and yes, I would love to have anyone come on here and, and talk through the, the opposite side of this. The only thing I ask, just like I ask with any other debate, if you're coming on to talk about it, bring the smoke and be ready for the smoke because <laughs> I'm going to be ready. So <laughs> just, just come on and please let's Kai Fu Lee, come on here and tell me why I'm wrong. You know, well, I, would I would love, love to have him on here. Yeah, and I would love for Vine to make a comeback and just be some alternate. Just even if it's just some alternative, something against TikTok. The thing it's is, ridiculous. it's funny there there are alternatives, and I mentioned them in this group chat. I was like, well, YouTube has short form videos, and I I took a screenshot of it and I circled the row of these short form videos. By the way, just so we're clear, showing me a whole bunch of things that I've never clicked on or searched for. So <laughs> right, you know, just pointing yeah. just pointing that out while we're at it. Um, and so it, they're right there, and many but of it, them, by the way, many of them are just it, hard yeah. download. You know, downloads against um. TikTok. So people take the TikTok video. You can see the exactly. little um, whatever it is, and they'll and they'll just upload it somewhere else, which is all well and good. But it's like it's the same content that's sitting yeah. there. Why is that? Why can't why can't people do that in this country instead? You know, like TikTok's Twitter not going to go away. That. So yeah. Twitter added a, a video, uh, a real kind of a thing. What do you what do you call that? Like a, a scrolling. Doesn't video. Instagram have? You that? have no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They on Instagram you have a button that you can click and go just you know get launched into a series of these little short videos that doesn't exist in Twitter, even though the feature is there. The only way to get to it, interestingly, is you have to go find a video and then swipe up, and now you'll get random videos after that. It's so dumb. It's that's Twitter's got to fix that. It's weird. Yeah. Well, it sounds okay, like maybe what else do we want to talk about here? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's. Uh, um, well, I think I think we can we can put a cap. I was gonna say we could go into TikTok. We already talked about them, but there is an interesting piece here that I think someone even shared in uh, in here, and that was just that the FCC commissioner is another person getting on that says that the government should ban TikTok, um, which is he has some pretty strong language towards it, um, which is mm -hmm. an interesting piece that that someone from the FCC is doing it. So nothing overly interesting necessarily to add, but just pointing out that for for people out there listening that are wondering why this is not good outside of the reasons, like you've, you've got multiple people on both sides of the political aisle who, you know, let's be honest, we all know how that stuff works. Like they, they can't agree on anything that are choosing to agree on this stuff. The problem in you ask yourself, it's like, well, why isn't it banned? The reason why it isn't banned is some of the problems. I say problems. Once again, it's a feature, not a bug. It's hard to ban things outright in this country, just in general, because of, the freedom we have to control a lot of those things ourselves. And that is a good thing overall. And we just, but we have to, you know, we have to figure out where the concessions need to be made. So I'm saying yeah. I support the idea of banning TikTok, but I'm not necessarily, you know, out there screaming from the mountains that like, we need to do that. Like I wish other people would just actively choose yes. not to use it. That's what I, that's where I fall. Yes. That's where I fall on the, that side of it. I, I tend to just be like, don't ban it. Just, educate and create something better yep, and just agreed. make it widely known how dumb it is to be on it. Yep. Right. Where you get mocked for being on it because whatever. Did you see YouTube rolls out primetime channels in the U S so it, like it's blurring the lines between YouTube and YouTube TV. So they're now like when you go to YouTube, it's just, you know, user generated like creator content, et cetera, with their little, yeah. you know, short form videos as well. But now they're doing shows and movies from 35 partners, including Paramount Plus, Epics. Uh, they plan to add NBA League Pass soon, which whenever I log into YouTube TV, they're also asking me to to subscribe to. So trying to figure out Google's plan oh, here with YouTube okay. and YouTube TV. They're blurring the lines here where so, regular YouTube is now going to have, you know, stars and all kinds of you know, prime so time channels. Apple, Apple had actually attempted this exact same thing Showtime, when they when they first AMC. launched. Yeah. yeah, when they first launched uh 
the Apple TV service. And I think they were trying to launch, I think the Apple TV app uh, initially, this was like before Apple TV plus was really a thing. They kind of did the same thing where basically you could bring, and it, it still kind of worked that way. So if you're familiar with the Apple TV um, and the Apple TV app, there's this functionality called the up next function or something like that, where mm. basically if you start, you know, kind of watching something, say it's in Hulu or, or I, I don't think Netflix actually participates, but um, HBO did for a while and some others, um, you know, it would show you kind of in one page or one screen um, the next episode of, of something that you were watching or, you know, and basically that way you could always just kind of come back in and on demand really easily get access to the last thing you were watching, no matter which streaming service it was potentially from. Now, one of the things that was kind of unique with this was, and it's, it, again, this, this functionality still exists, but something that they had tried previously, and I think it's still there for select services was that you could actually uh, subscribe to specifically subscribe to those specific streaming services through your, your, your iTunes account, more or less, or, you know, your Apple ID. Um, and you know, Apple For would 30% premium. Exactly. Apple, <laughs> yes. Apple would take a cut of that subscription fee, um, you know, from that provider, but it was, yeah. it was, Hey, it's, it's a lot easier for somebody to consume it from one place versus having to go to all these different providers and manage their subscriptions independently. Um, now that I'm kind of doing some research on this, it looks like YouTube is actually rolling out almost the exact same thing. Um, so that's, yeah. that, that's what this appears to be. That's crazy. Yeah. We, so we talked a little bit about that a couple episodes ago where you can subscribe for, we, we talked about YouTube premium for way too long. So sorry about that for y'all that listened through that episode, <laughs> but I, I, I thought it was a little interesting. But I was trying to figure out who in their right mind, because you can just go to YouTube premium and sign up. It's 25 bucks a month. But if you sign up through Apple on your device, it's 33 bucks a month just for them to have the pleasure of providing you YouTube premium and taking a 30% cut off the top. It's incredible. Oh, uh, is it 25? Yeah, that it was like 25 and then 29. No, yeah. the, the, so I I pay for YouTube Premium. I absolutely I absolutely love my YouTube I, Premium uh, membership. Yeah, mine's twelve. I should have had you on here. I, I was going to say it's oh, twelve bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah, mine's twelve. Um, it's going up. No, it's so going family. Up, right? Oh, that's no, the, the family, family subscription is twenty two ninety nine, and that includes five family members. Um, and that's yeah, twenty two ninety nine a month. And the biggest thing for me, I, I could care less about YouTube Music Premium and all that. I mean, I I have my Apple One, which we can talk about here in a minute too. Um, I have my Apple one subscription that gives me Apple music and, and all that. But, um, I, the biggest so thing for me is ad free, ad free YouTube, man. We, so we watch more YouTube in my house than I think we watch anything else. We watch travel vlogs. We watch, um, all sorts of stuff, Disney vlogs and, and different yeah. things like that. Um, and, and it basically runs on a continuous loop in my house. And so having the ad free video watching Thank you. pays okay. for itself. No <laughs> it, it's, we were arguing it's, about this. We're back and forth. Well, I, so, the thing that I struggle with is people are like, bro, the ads on YouTube are ridiculous. And it's like, they are. There is a service to remove yeah. them. Like you, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know why this is such a, like, okay, well, then don't watch them. You know, my, I don't. My stance was from the fact that I don't see them simply because I have Eero and Eero, I pay $3 a month for security that all that includes an ad free service. And one of the things it does, and I didn't even realize this when I signed up for it. Is that it blocks YouTube ads? So for three dollars a month, wait. Hold paid on. to Euro, does it? It doesn't block the. It doesn't block the in video ads though. Yeah, yeah, I don't it see blocks, any ads. It just blocks those it's, little pop ups, right? You're still no. seeing like you still get like no, the, the commercial in, style ads. Yes, it comes up, but it's just blank. The screen is just white. I can tell that there's an ad playing oh. because it'll give me like a little skip button or something, but I don't see or hear anything. Interesting. I might Euro have to blocks. play with well, that. I have Euro. I have well, Euro as well, so I might have to play. Yeah, with do that. the three dollar thing because it, it does all kinds of threat protection and phishing. You know, well, Euro. So, so I don't know if you saw that that uh, or not, but um, AWS is also forcing all Euro customers now to pay for Euro Secure Plus. You can't just pay for the one time fee of Euro Secure anymore. Everybody now has to pay the monthly rate of, for Euro Secure oh. Plus, and you get all well, the features I, what, with it. Hold on, I do pay hold for on, it already. You, so, hold on. I have been an Eero user since Kickstarter, and I and I've never seen a one-time purchase of an Eero service. 
I'm sorry. So Eero, it was, there is a, there is it a, it was like tier. a $30 a year thing or something. Yes. So I currently use that where I think it was just called like Eero secure, not Eero secure plus. Um, Got it. And essentially, yeah, you pay for it like once a year and uh, it's, it's relatively cheap. I want to say it was like 50 bucks or something like that. Um, right. Now they're forcing all of their customers to go the route of Euro Secure Plus, and you will now have to oh. pay more or less like a monthly fee. Now you get okay, access so you to all of the things. Monthly instead of yearly is what you're saying. Well, I, yeah. I do monthly and I just do secure. So secure does advanced networking security, ad blocking, block and allow websites, safe search, content filters. Um, yeah. So, okay. So here's stuff like that. Secure Plus, it says, gives you one password family version. Encrypt.me, yep. personal VPN, uh, malware bytes, and DDNS. I don't use that though. I don't use Secure Plus. So here's here's you're, what you're here's saying. They're going to push me into it. Yes. So um, they sent out a an email. I got this email on October 13th. Uh, we have simplified our subscription offerings on September 28th, 2022. We simplified our subscription offerings and moved to a single premium service called Eero Plus, formerly called uh -huh. Eero Secure Plus. Eero Plus includes all the same features our customers know and love from Eero Secure Plus, like advanced security, parental controls, network insights, dynamic DNS, malware bytes, one password, and encrypt.me. Um, okay. In addition, we're I'm also adding. That. Yeah, in, in addition, we're also adding of it. premium Wi Fi features beyond security to Eero Plus. I won't go into all of that, but here's the interesting part. So you will not be moved to Eero Plus pricing until your first billing date occurring after November 15th, 2022. At that time, we will provide you an automatic and introductory discounted rate of 50% off Euro Plus for 12 months. You will be charged $4.99 per month or $49.99 per year. After this discount period, you will be charged the regular Euro Plus pricing of $9.99 per month or $99.99 per year. Mm. So okay, so basically, you can still, you can still buy it as a year, though. You, you it, can still yeah, you yeah. can. You can. They're just not offering the lower tier anymore. They're basically, quote unquote, simplifying it by eliminating the lower tier and forcing everybody right. into the higher tier. Now, um, I will say this. Uh, you, uh, If you use a pie hole, if you use Eero, or even if you use something like mine, which is called Firewalla, to the block ads, a this is actually the first... One of the major complaints with network-based blocking is that it actually does not remove... YouTube ads on, uh, like on things, you know, fire TVs or Apple TVs or smart TVs, whatever, like in your TV apps and, and stuff like that, or in any device really. So Bewley is saying different. So let's just make the assumption here that only Eero actually blocks YouTube ads. If that's not a problem for you and you want to get away from paying the monthly, as I've mentioned before, I'm not a huge fan of the monthly stuff in general, even though I, I have so many subscriptions, it's insane. I moved off of paying for Eero monthly, even though I was paying the $30 a month tier. And I bought Firewall of Gold and I put my Eero into bridge mode and have all of the routing and intelligence come from Firewall of Gold. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, the Wi Fi coming from Eero, which still works incredibly well. And so if you want to go that route where you just want to pay one time and get all those same types of features, you'll have dramatically more, candidly. Um, <clears throat> but it will be a little bit more complex, but it is also more expensive. I mean, I think it was, I think, I think mine was 500 bucks, but I think that there are cheaper versions now, um, yeah. that they can kind of do the same thing. So that, that's another option for people. If you kind of want to go that route and not either have to build it yourself with a pie hole, which I actually think is interesting because I'm pretty sure Tyler does that. Aaron uses Eero secure plus or Eero secure. And then I use firewall of gold. So you kind of have all three, um, represented on the, on the podcast here. Uh, but that's another me, option if people want to go that route. Yeah, good call out. And let me remind you while we're talking about it too. Um, if you have Eero and you just bought one of the newer Amazon Echo devices, they now have Eero built in. Make sure you go into Discover on your Eero app and then click on Amazon Connected Home. Then you'll see Alexa Smart Home Eero built in. You'll have to go turn that on to allow the Echo devices to extend your Wi-Fi, which I think is cool because then you have a, a much more powerful, broader uh, mesh with your access points. So it, that's only on sure newer devices, right? Yes, new Echoes. Yeah, yeah. They're building okay, it. Okay, yeah. which I think they, is they didn't like I, magically <laughs> find a way no. to, to broadcast Wi-Fi off of the old devices. Well, hold so, on. All right, an old got, Echo dot here wants to turn into Wi-Fi for free. 
What? Amazon's fourth gen Echo and Echo Dot speakers will soon be able to act as mesh extenders. I mean, technically, huh. they have a Wi-Fi receiving antenna, so there's no reason why they couldn't yeah. technically go the other direction. Um, usually, you have these things designed with antennas specifically for sending it in certain directions right? and whatever else. But I, yeah, um, I just don't want to tell you the wrong it's not thing. Impossible. Yeah, I'm trying to see what gen we're on. So September yeah. 2020 is when the fourth gen came out. So yeah, if you bought one after that those point. Are, those are pretty new then. Um, yeah. Maybe well, those cool. have Wi-Fi 6 in them. Like maybe they're trying to like keep it to newer Wi-Fi standards. I have no idea if that's the case. Um, I, I think that they're 2020 um fire tv i have these that i think they're the newest ones the fire stick tv max 4k yolo squad mm -hmm. stuff i don't know the naming <laughs> conventions are rough um and they have wi-fi 6 in them which i bought because uh for the ones that are not wired or even if you actually want a faster connection because the fastest wired connection you can get to a fire tv is like 100 yeah. megabits uh so but my wi-fi 6 which is what i have through okay. my euro 6 pros um works on those so maybe for those newer ones that's what it was so i have i have one more i have one more topic and and this one i'm, I'm kind of frustrated by um so uh last Hold on, week, would you say this grind your gears Ooh, we have another grind grinds gears. my gears segment uh <laughs> yeah. yeah i i think i think this one does classify we need a musical sound segment. for that yeah so so this uh, this goes back to the beginning of last week. Uh, there was some news that broke um, around uh, our friends over at Apple, uh, specifically in in the category of subscription price increases. Um, Apple on Monday last week announced that they were increasing subscription prices, specifically in the U.S. for Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, and the Apple One bundle. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, obviously Apple diehard, I think as, as we've established on this show. Um, and I have no problem honestly with, you know, Apple music increases, Apple TV plus increases or anything like that. But as, uh, somebody who obviously has a family that is full of Apple devices, I do subscribe to the Apple one bundle, uh, for families. Um, and the thing I thought that was most interesting about this and, and really kind of frustrates me, um, is, Apple increases all these prices across the board, however, does not increase the storage tier at all mm. um, from the standpoint of, you know, the total amount of storage that's available. So I think we're still stuck at, uh, I want to say it's uh, 50 gigs on the low end, uh, low end plan, 200 gigs on the medium and two terabytes on the high end plan. Um, that, my friend, and so is shrinkflation. It's ridiculous. Sort of. It's but it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like it's like you know they they justify all of this by saying that hey you know the the obviously the the rates and and obviously what they're what they want to pay out to um uh, to artists and otherwise and obviously it's it's costing them more and more to to produce new and original content for Apple TV Plus. I understand all of those things and as somebody who you know consumes from both of those services, I'm totally fine with that. But when it comes to the iCloud Plus piece, I feel like this is something that has been consistently overlooked by Apple, and it drives me up a wall. And it's not because I'm necessarily near the cap. So, I mean, as a family of four, um, you know, both my kids have iPads. My wife and I both have iPhones, iPads, Macs, um, you know, and we we have a fair amount of data and a lot of, back, lot of backups that are sitting inside of iCloud today, I think. But we consume somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think, 1.4 terabytes of the two terabytes that we pay for. But the thing that really drives me crazy about this is the fact that these storage tiers have literally been the same storage tiers since iCloud was released and announced. And it has not changed in probably close to 10 years. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, I'm it's struggling out with Dropbox this. too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's time for this to change. Like it's time for this to evolve and and start to move forward because it just feels like it feels like we're consistently just kind of being raked over the coals by by Apple and others. Um, yeah. you know, when it when it comes to this, because you know, there are people out there that have legitimate need for, you know, beyond two terabytes, uh, you know, even even paying for a one terabyte increase for two dollars a month. I think there's people that would absolutely do that, but there's no option to do that in Apple's ecosystem. 
And, you know, and I know, um, I, I believe uh, I had somebody tell me recently too. Google has has kind of gone down the same path where they actually had previously given people the opportunity to add, it was like terabyte by terabyte increments or a couple hundred gigabytes at a time or something like that. They've now eliminated that as well. And they've kind of taken a similar model to Apple where they, they have these fixed tiers. And, you know, if you go beyond it and you need more storage, hey, too bad for you. Go find a different service because they're not going to cater to you anymore. You're just going to get lumped into, you know, whatever their default offerings are. And I just think it's it's really it's really just it's something that's been overlooked for far too long and it needs to change. Hmm. Hey, um, on, on the Google side, I don't know, and I could be wrong. Um, I, I don't remember ever being able to just sort of add, you know, X, Y, Z amount. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that it wasn't the case. I am a Google one subscriber, which <clears throat> I have a, a two terabyte premium, but that, that actually used to be one what? terabyte. Wait, hold on. What is Google one? Google oh, one storage. is like, is it, okay. is it essentially the same thing? Is it just storage or is it, is it like all of Google storage and backup kind of into one like. subscription? Yeah. It's, oh, it's it. all of their features. Google drive, stuff. email it, photos. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it is right. similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I've had this for as long as it's existed for the most Dude, part. Is there anything you don't pay off, for? Dude, I pay for a lot of subscriptions. <laughs> Everything. Um, I tell you, Everything. I, I am a huge, huge fan of premium options for things. I, I don't even like using free services. If I'm completely, I'm. And it's not. That's not meant to sound catty or, or whatever. I, I see your monthly recurring. I, I don't for this uh, stuff. I have. You have to have uh, Rocket Money to be able to see that because that's the only way I keep track of it. Um, what? Premium. Uh, is that something else you pay for? Uh, I'll tell you, Matt, ironically, like, I had to be as rich ironically, as you yes. or something. Um, rocket money. I, I, so, so Rocket <laughs> Money is actually a free service that you choose to donate to, and I do donate to them monthly. Um, <laughs> You're wild. So I, just, <laughs> I just, I, I just don't free services. I just don't. I don't know. It's a thing with me I and it. them. I just don't Dude. like them. Um, let me remind the audience. I know you're trying to get to a point, and I'm being so rude here, but let me remind the audience that you buy video games you don't even pay for. To support the studio that's making it. Anyway, that's keep going. Yes, that's dedication. There's all kinds um, of people out there, folks. Yeah, I've got, I've got and like Russ uh, is one of them. Seven, eight hundred games on Steam, um, for sure. That many of which I, I most, the vast majority, I've never, never touched. Um, but anyways, they have increments here of two terabytes, five terabytes, ten terabytes, and twenty terabytes. Now the two terabyte option is a hundred dollars a year. Um, I do tend to buy the yearly stuff, as we kind of mentioned earlier, because um, you save X amount percentage right over the over the monthly. Um, this same, I've not actually changed my subscription though in a very very long time because it's actually gone up over time. So the um, the two terabytes per year. That I pay a hundred dollars for was originally, um, I think, either five twelve or one terabyte per year, over the last ten years or so, something like that. That has gone up, and so it's just kind of kept going up periodically. My wife and I, we we share, we keep all of our photos stored. Well, that's not, I keep them stored on Google Photos, and then I back them up actually to our O three sixty five account. So I move I, I move a copy over there as well. Um, automatically. And so I, I have two of these accounts that kind of manage this, this, but it's kind of gone up over time. The thing that's interesting about the O365 one is I have five terabytes of storage on that, the family account, but it's, it's actually five individual accounts of one terabyte, which I hate. I wish it was just one five terabyte shared. Um, that would actually work much better. Yeah. Nonetheless. But yeah, that's, that's, that's something Google's always work. seems that's something Google has always had a tendency of doing is, is it's like, Hey, uh, you know, everybody gets everybody gets an equal share. And and it's like I I personally that's one of the things I do like about the Apple One plans is it is shared across the entire family. Oh, that, was, that, was, that was that was Microsoft. That was Microsoft. Google oh, that was Microsoft. Across, I'm sorry. I missed yes. that. Go, Google's is shared across everyone's. It's Microsoft that is individual. Um, oh, I'm account. thinking I'm thinking of Google Google's Google Apps for Business or Google Workspace or whatever they're calling it now, where you buy it in just one giant pool and you do share it across mm -hmm. your entire organization. I don't know if if yeah. Microsoft's 
365 is the same way or not, but I assume it's probably yeah. similar. So like Google okay. One, for instance, is is equal to that. So it has access to, you know, like support Google experts. You can share with up to five other people. So you can spread across five people. Um, there are member extra ben- member benefits, like 10% off of all purchases from Google. Um, you get Google Workspace Premium, which we don't we don't even use. And then if you want to, you can use VPN for for Android or iOS. So that's kind of the suite that this, you know, this two terabyte storage thing that you you're paying for storage but for the google one membership that's you, these are all the little extra things that you you get with it hey before we run out of time here because i think we should shut this down i gotta ask y'all your opinion on this fun fact i don't give opinions so, right when the news broke that uh the whole elon twitter thing was going to happen dogecoin was at just under six cents it peaked today at about 16 cents up significantly, almost 3x. What say you to that? Definitely over 2x, two and a half. Give me your give me your wild take on Dogecoin. Is it just gonna? Is it just a peak because of this crazy news, and then it falls off? Is it dead? Is it is is um, going to become the currency of of Twitter and Vine? Uh, like where where does this go? I would have to see correlated data with other cryptos because the the markets are also up a little bit right now. And I think they're going to trend up for a little while before they come crashing back down, probably in like spring of next year. I suspect crypto will follow that trend. So I I do. I'm sure Doge has some weird correlation to Musk and Twitter, but I think more broadly, it's probably. Uh, It is only correlated to Musk and Twitter (laughs) or Musk in general, I'll say. Well, I'm just pointing out to its value. Um, sure, sure, that's true. And um, a little bit of Mark Cuban. It's it's associated slightly to Cuban as well. So I, I I would just have to see. I don't know for sure, but and maybe you have it in front of you. I would assume other crypto is up similarly in the same amount of time. That would be my mm, guess. No, everything else is just kind of trending normally. Is so. it trending normally up or down? Uh, some up slightly, some down slightly, but Doge is up significantly and Floki, which I can't stand the concept there. Uh, not that I can stand Dogecoin. I'm not trying to say that, but Floki is also up significantly as well the past couple of days. But Floki being a derivative of Doge, so it makes sense. Yeah, that would, if one's up, I assume the other would okay. be up. Anyway, not a lot, not oh, a lot yeah. of strong I've- opinions there. Yeah, I you don't just, want to go I, yeah, on record to say that it's going to be the currency of Twitter. I'm giving you the opportunity. Uh, is all I'm saying. I, I can I, I can play that game if you want. I'll go on record and say that it absolutely will not. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was. Okay. No. Darren, what do you think? I I I think I'm with Russell on that. I, I don't think it will. Um, that said, I mean, you know, Musk is on the record saying he wants he wants to see more and more things decentralized. So. You never know. Uh, and just so we're clear, um, over the course of a month, we are up heavy in Bitcoin. So pretty sure that's trending the right direction. Yeah. Just just in yeah. just broad like graph terms of like looking at the minuscule changes. Like it's not like huge sure. dollar amounts of like crazy amounts. Yeah, I, I, just, I think stuff's, a piece. Yeah, yeah, I think stuff's gonna go up. For a little while, I then think it's going to come back down. I, you know, not not that this is financial advice. I just think that crypto. I think that stock markets and things, they're going to rise a little bit. I think the Fed is going to continue to clamp, and they're not done yet. And I think we'll have another crash whenever you know, sometime next year, once we've reached kind of the whatever it is, the apex of of, of whatever this clamping is, it'll go down, and then we'll we'll start the the slow methodical rebuild back up. That's my. Well, that is my uh, guess as to way, the way these go. And maybe Doge will trend a little bit ahead of everything else because Elon bought Twitter. And you since know, we're throwing that's how you, around that's how you should, you should make all of your investment decisions based off what companies Elon is or is not acquiring. Just so I'm clear. <laughs> Dude. And the financial <laughs> news that you may or may not hear on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is yeah, that, that was a solid one for sure. <laughs> Since we're throwing around qualifiers around not financial advice, let me also say that none of this is technology advice as well. <laughs> but yeah, dude, so I feel way more qualified about, to give that though. 
Yes, exactly. That's true. Way more qualified. I saw the funniest thing. Uh, so I was driving back home from Austin this weekend. I was down there for uh, the Rogue Invitational. If you follow me on on any of the socials, you saw me post photos of uh, and videos of Thor and all kinds of cool stuff from the, the CrossFit you know, elite champions, the men and women there. But I was coming back and I saw the uh, the Porsche Taycan. That's the electric sedan, right? The it had a uh, it had a custom license plate that said Tesla put, which is hilarious because it was <laughs> it was clearly a bet against Tesla, and they made a bunch of money, and then they bought a, an electric. Oh, uh, that's it. funny. I, I like that. I laughed and clapped loudly. Like, yeah, uh, that's how I'm feeling nerd. right now. I, that yeah. person, they win the day. That's that's how I feel yeah. about it. Okay, cool. Well, I guess let's shut it down unless y'all have anything else you need to throw out. I got nothing. Zook, you got anything? Nope, I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on today. And uh, as always, it's it's quite a pleasure and a lot of fun hanging with y'all. Well, we indeed, we enjoyed that. it. It was great having a, having a third head on this show for the first time in a while. Tyler's alive, by the way. He's just on a plane. <laughs> Um, yeah, so just in case anyone was curious, there's a stack of letters that here. people are writing into the show sitting next to me. That is about let me measure it here, it's about 19 and a half inches tall. Uh, letters stacked asking where Tyler is. So, yeah, he's you have that filed under we know that. Free, free Tyler Gates. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's good stuff. Now I enjoyed this episode. It was good. That's that's going to do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. But man, I will tell you, um, Zook, it was great having you on. Uh, just in general, I thought the topics were uh, not necessarily concise, but well thought out. Right? I think we had a fewer amount of topics today. And in, I'm going to throw out a little request to the the people out there, like Aaron does. Uh, I'd love to have feedback about that because I think that this this approach. Um, is is more beneficial for for the users, uh, for the listeners of the podcast. So I'd love to hear that feedback. Um, but otherwise, until next time, share it with your friends, family, um, anywhere you can on Twitter, maybe through your verified you know Twitter account here. Once you pay eight dollars a month for it, uh, get blue. the name out there. And thanks as always. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Peace. Hey, special um, post-show shout-out to New Zealand and Poland, where we continually trend in the top 200. So thank you all for listening. Woo! Woo! Later. <laughs> Later. See you.